Welcome back to the Turn on the Music Podcast. My name is Kyle. This is episode 12. We're going to be doing the second to last chapter of the music lesson. And to do that, we have CJ. CJ, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, look, I just looked at my book upside down. See, there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's been... It's been. Yeah, no, I feel that. It's definitely been. Yep, it's been crazy. Yeah. So let's just move on to music. So what do you listen to? Anything different? It It's funny. The past few days have been so just stressful that mm-hmm. I haven't listened to much. And gotcha. it's like I get in the car and I just drive and go to work. Right. And then I come home and I'm just, I, I don't even put music on. But I have been putting on... um uh Corey Wong the the live show mm-hmm. from Amsterdam and I okay. actually listened to Hailstorm Oh okay cuz we played them on Sunday night this past yep. Sunday uh, when we were live and I was like you know I would check them out so I listened to them they're they're pretty good I I do like them Cool Uh nice. and then um I think that's about it I don't think I really changed it up too much I think Hailstorm was the biggest change Cool Yeah how about yourself it's the same. I'm still listening to that Corey Wong um, Power Station Live album and Mike Farris. Those are the two. I did a little bit of um, Rebirth Brass Band today, a little bit of Bella Fleck today also. Oh, nice. Um, we're, we're having communication issues at work. So I listened to communication by Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones <laughs> in hopes that someone would hear and go, oh, oh. <laughs> I get it. That's not a bad idea. So. I, I, I have the same <laughs> issue at work. Maybe I should do the same thing. Yeah, just play it on repeat. See what happens. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, so yeah, yeah. I need, and it's been. So I, I told you about the Jeep. So yeah. for those that don't know, um, I ripped the top off my Jeep on Tuesday, and so Wednesday I drove my mom's car. So I didn't start listening to our podcast until today because I got back in the Jeep today since it stopped raining. But <clears throat> so I'm, I'm I'm behind on everything. So it's like just trying to catch up. So. That's what it feels like right now is playing catch up. Mm-hmm. I just I can't wait till July first, so everything that needs to be done is done. Right, yeah. right. And then the summer will lighten up a little bit, but still, it should be nice to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Crazy, it's crazy. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the book because that's what we're here to do. Yes, the book. Just want to check something. Okay, good. We are on measure 12, which they, he calls the last measure. The last measure. measure, yeah. I was going to say, this is chapter 12, but he calls it the last measure instead of measure 12. Right. And it's entitled... Oh, I, need, I need to get it on blind mode. Hang on. <laughs> it's entitled oh. The Dream. It was on blind mode and I didn't realize it. <laughs> Okie dokie. There's, um, there's a lot packed in this chapter and it's only like 10 pages, 11 pages. I know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the tagline is, uh, in all your musical years, when have you ever truly, truthfully said thank you to your bass guitar? And this is something that we've talked a little bit about, you know, yeah. something that I do regularly. And um, and I think you said you were going to start trying to do it. Yes. 
I I don't I don't think I've ever said thank you to my saxophone or any instrument that I played or even to my mm-hmm. voice. Mm-hmm. I I don't think I've ever done it, and I think that it's it's a I think it's a great great idea, great thought. Yeah, and I, and after reading this chapter, it hits more. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And what's funny is when I was re- rereading the chapter this week, when I got to the part where he was talking about it, you know, it says that you have to like like thank yourself and thank your life. I'm like, I never did that either. Like I just focused on the instrument part. It's like, right. How many times have I read this book and I for, I haven't realized that part of it. And it's like, well, of course, you know, things are weird because I'm just kind of doing half the job. Yeah. And, and, you know, it just in, in the general thing, taking the, the thanking your instruments out of it, but thanking yourself, you know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. There's a, you know, on Instagram or wherever, I think they showed the um, a Snoop Dogg did that. I, I think it was a commencement sh- speech. I could be completely wrong, but there's audio of him going, I'd like to thank myself. You know, and he goes through the whole thing about thanking himself and, and why mm-hmm. he is where he is because of himself. Right. And I think that's very interesting because it makes sense. You know, like, mm-hmm. not that you shouldn't be thanking people around you, but why aren't you thanking yourself? Right. Um, that video is very different than the Snoop Dogg video I saw on Instagram, <laughs> which was which was Snoop Dogg voiceovers, like nature documentaries. That's, those are good. I see, I've seen those and, and heard those. Those are funny. But it's, so. it's, a, it's a very, it's a tough concept because it's not something that you're taught. Right. Which I don't think there's anything wrong with teaching whomever or showing whoever mm-hmm. that it's okay for you to thank yourself. Like we go like yep. we go around thanking people. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing that. But mm-hmm. you know, what's wrong with saying to yourself, "Thank you for getting me through today"? <laughs> you know, like right. <laughs> yep. Thank you for letting yep. me handle the ignorance that I've dealt with all day long. <laughs> <laughs> But and I think it's also a, a delicate a delicate yes. line th- yes. to, to approach because it can get out of hand and that's when the ego gets involved yes. and that's where there's a lot of issues I think th- these days anyway. Yeah. So it, it, you know like I think it's it's a balance that you have to kind of. Yes, there. I know. I agree. Yeah. I agree. As as much as I joke, I I totally agree that there's a there's a full on balance to it. Like you're not like it's just like it's like thanking your body for you know, being well, you know, whatever. Right. You know, right. like as he said in past chapters, thanking the headache that he got for being And he alert. says it again in this chapter too. Yeah. 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 Stuff like that. You know, it's just, it's, it's, I, you know, the, the seriousness to it is it's, they're minute little things, but it's the little things that you kind of like pass over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So your thoughts on the beginning of this chapter. <laughs> Um, this is another thought that I never had before. When he, when he starts talking about this, the beginning of this dream, um, it hit me that it sounded a little bit like a meditation. Um, okay. So he's in the beginning of the chapter, he describes himself as like a little old bag lady who was just running around and picking up her own possessions and, but the possessions really turn out to be his thoughts. And one of the one of the meditations that I did with, uh, I think it was Joseph, one of Joseph Goldstein's meditations. He's um 
he does uh, meditations through an app called Ten Percent Happier. Okay, which is um, an app that's available on the App Store. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Um, but Dan Harris is the one that kind of started it, and uh, Dan Harris is a, a news anchor for, or was a news anchor for ABC. I don't know if he still is, but he had a panic attack um, on live TV one day, and after that, he like took time off and started to get into the meditation, and then he decided that he had such a great benefit from it that he decided to start teaching it and help others cope with what what he went through and one of the people he brings it is joseph goldstein who is a fabulous meditation teacher and one of the meditations he walks you through on the app is it's almost like he says you it's almost like you're sitting in a movie theater and all of your thoughts are just kind of playing on the movie screen okay and you just acknowledge that they're thoughts you don't try and do anything with them you just say, okay, that's a thought. Or, okay, I'm planning this. And you just kind of put a tag on those thoughts, and then they disappear. And it's weird, because like your brain, otherwise, if you don't, like your brain focuses on them, and just, they just kind of repeat. Right. And what I was finding was like, like and it's almost like he was like, the way Victor was talking about it, picking up his thoughts. Like for me, it was like, that's what I was doing during this meditation. When I tagged them, it was like I was like acknowledging that they exist, and kind of taking ownership of them, and then they disappear. So it was. It, it reminded me of that meditation. It was kind of weird. Um, in fact, what just to give you an idea, what Victor says, he said, um, "Is this where it was?" Oh yeah. So uh, he said, "I thought about all the so-called crazy people I'd ever seen walking the streets. Maybe they weren't all crazy. Maybe their minds were just open, too open for their own good. Maybe they just didn't know how to process all the information they were receiving." And to me, that's what meditation does for me. Is it? Because my brain just just goes and goes and goes, and the the meditation that I practice is just acknowledging that my brain does that, and when I can acknowledge it and then f- turn it around, that's when I get focus. So I don't know. That's that's my take on the beginning of the chapter, anyway. <laughs> but I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's it's an organization of your thoughts. Right. And and that's something that I, I tried to do back in the day and I wish I was doing it now is is taking the time mm-hmm. to like see the way I did it would I would I would focus on my breathing. And once mm-hmm. I focused on my breathing and that was the only thing that I was focusing on, right. I then it then allowed me to organize my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um and in a sense release them. I don't know if I tag them, but it that's an interesting way of looking at it and by doing that, it did release those thoughts and it helped me kind of remove the ones that were just a repetitive, unneeded thought mm-hmm. to, to clear your mind. So, no, I totally see that because it is a very interesting way how he does open up that chapter. And that thing that you just yep. that that section, that moment that you just read is something that I thought was interesting, too, because it's very true. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Yep. We don't know if those people just are so opened that there's just so much going on inside of them that they just don't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, it's so true. Um, further down on that page, I don't know if you have more after that, but. Nope. Well, yeah, the rest of the chapter. Yeah, right? <laughs> for, no, no, no. But further down on that actual page, um, one of the paragraphs he says, I tried to focus on some of the thoughts. The energy in my head and in the cart was swirling, blending together. It was a very confusing mix of information, but there's one force that seemed to be prevailing. 
I can't explain what it looked like or how it distinguished itself from the others, but I could feel that particular energy was different. I felt it was beckoning to me, so I reached out and tried to grab it. It grabbed me instead. It was a gentle tug to which I immediately surrendered. And I know we, we both know what that leads into, um, but I thought that was interesting because he said he tried to focus on some of the thoughts. And when mm-hmm. he started focusing on some of the thoughts, and this is to what you were just saying, everything blended back together. Like instead right. of him just acknowledging the ones and kind of letting it go, as soon as he tried to focus on all of them at one time or try to like, that's when he had trouble. And then when he went to go pick out the one, it's when he kind of refocused. Yep. And the emotion or the thought that he, that grabbed him was music. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and when he realized it was music, he said, I never realized you were really alive. And then she responded, I know you have chosen not to realize it. And that is why your musical life has never been alive. It is also why mine is fading. And he asked, what do you mean by that? And she responds, your approach towards me has, your approach toward me has been a, as if I'm not real, like I'm a dream. You feel that I do not exist until you create me. And even though you feel I am a creation that is separate from you, most musicians in your time feel as you do. Because of that, I am dying and in need of your help. And to relate this back to the other book that I'm reading, Awakening Spirits, which I still haven't finished because just dense and I need to keep going through it. Because you broke the um, Jeep roof, that's why? <laughs> that too, yeah. I was just saying that my brain is dense and I just, I'm too dense to get it through my head. But um, but this is what, I think it's it's another analogy for the, the spiritual mind versus the physical mind. Oh, absolutely. You know, we're, you know, that's just another analogy and it's another way of, of saying it directed towards people who are more sensitive to music, I think. No, I, I totally agree with that. And by the way, I ordered the book from a place in a, on the West Coast. They had a oh, yeah. copy and I should be getting it within the next week. Sweet. I was, I was kind of shocked. Um, it is a used book, but whatever. You know what? So what? That means there's energy in that book. Someone read it. Mm-hmm. That's how I That's see right. it. Yep. Um, yes, but I totally agree with you. I feel like there's that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he states that he could tell she wasn't well. And then she continues at the bottom of the page because he asks how he can help her. When you were young, you weren't afraid to dream. And it was those dreams that gave birth to your reality. And this whole, th- I have this whole paragraph underlined, but essentially yeah, too. it's basically, you knew that I was alive and inside you. You could feel your our union and you would express it at any time and in any way you chose. As you grew older, you yearned to know more about me, but that, but through lessons and books, you abandoned your own experience for someone else's. The more you learned, the less you felt, the more you opened your eyes, the less you dreamed, the more you practiced, the less you played, and soon you forgot about me. There is no one to blame for this. Your parents and your teachers did what they thought was best for you, but it was the way you—it was the way of learning that diminished a lot of your natural gifts. And she goes on to say that knowing has always been one of his best attributes, but it is the one that mm-hmm. he's now afraid to use. Yep. Um, I, but you know, it's funny because all through the book, he does instead of saying teaching or he corrects himself, he connects it to showing i i I get Mm -hmm. that because as someone who has taught in the classroom 
and I know you've taught private lessons. I know you've been in the classroom as well. There is a tendency to teach versus show. And, I, and, and I'm not saying that, like, I, I think everybody is a culprit. I think sometimes it takes time for you as a teacher to realize that it's not always about teaching, that there is a way to show things. And I think that that's really what this paragraph talks about is that we're teaching you to do things a certain way, but forgetting that by teaching you, we're not letting you try it in your own way. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're doing that, like, for example, they're doing that in math. They're realizing that kids are finding different ways to do math and get the answer. And they're working out, the, the ways are working out. So there's so many different ways to get your answer. And I had to learn all these when I was going through through school to be able to teach them. And I'm sitting here going, I'm like, it's very interesting how there could be five different processes to get to the same point. But I may understand two of them and someone else may understand one, but we're still getting that same answer. Right. Yeah. And I think that's that uh, uh, that's my opinion is that's kind of what what is being said here. Yeah, I agree with you. They go. She goes on about talking. Well, music goes on about talking about being and being a child. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Where were you going after this? I don't know how far ahead. <clears throat> well, I think just I mean, there's there's a lot more I, I highlight in between. Yes. But um, I think I think. What it comes down to is, you know, because Victor says that, you know, like he's lost the ability to do this. And I think that we've kind of said, especially I've said it the last several weeks, you know, and, and music responds. You never completely lost anything. You just buried those gifts way down and steep inside you. You must recognize them and bring them back to the forefront of your being before it will become enjoyable to you again. And then she talks about music lessons and all these things. Um, but I think that that. You know, again, it's it's a it's a relationship between the physical and spiritual mind that we've been talking about. You know, so much of our society pushes us to in a direction where we lose the spiritual mind, and and it's it's interesting because you know you think about I think anyway that young kids are still on that spiritual mind, and the more we teach them, the further they get away from that spiritual mind into the physical mind. You know, I don't think it's just because they're getting older. I think it's just because because of the the way our society is built, we teach them how to get out of that without realizing it. Right, and and I think it's important to note that when we speak about spirituality, it's it's however you feel that it's your spirituality. Like we may think about it one way, you may think of about another, but in the same mm-hmm. sense, we are thinking of the same thing. So it, it, right. it goes to this, um, raising our son and, 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 you know, I was raised Catholic and my, my wife is Jewish and I, as I, I don't follow Catholicism, right? My belief system is completely different and mm-hmm. that's a whole other podcast, but, um, my, you know, we chose to raise our son Jewish and my thing is this, I just want to give him a foundation, show him a foundation of a faith. And you know what? If he decides at the age of 18, 19, 20, or 30 that Judaism is not his faith and spiritually mm-hmm. he needs to do something else, or even if it's earlier than that, I'm okay with that. But at least mm-hmm. he had a foundation shown to him to right. find his path in that spiritual growth. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a, an important thing to say is that we're not just talking about energies from the book and how he we're, we're just talking about as a general as a as a broad aspect of what spirituality is whatever yours is gets diminished 
Right. And that, and I agree with you on that. I think we, mm-hmm. as a society, do. We, we, we yep. make it difficult. Mm-hmm. And that's why I respect anybody who keeps their spirituality and their faith. I, I, res- I, I can sit and talk to you about your religion, whether I b- I'm into it or not. I want to hear mm-hmm. about your faith because you know what? I respect the fact that you can hold that faith during everything we're going through as a, as a society. Because yep. that's hard to do. And if you're doing it, it sure is. kudos yeah. to you because that's awesome. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So the music talks about um, how, you know, he's trying to, to balance practicing and playing and and she says that you should be doing both at the same time um and then she says uh so she you have not been smart enough to figure that out yet meaning how to balance playing and practicing but know this as your final days approach their final numbers you will not spend one moment wondering whether you've practiced your bass enough and then he says thinking about my final days is disturbing but i knew what she was saying was true i would never allow, again allow myself to waste precious time worrying about something as trivial as practicing. And that's something that I've always tried to do and I'm terrible at it, um, is every time I practice, I'm playing, not practicing. But I still, I'm terrible at it. I just, I haven't mastered that yet. It's hard to do mm-hmm. because it's ingrained into you as as you're growing up to practice, 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 mm-hmm. practice. And I have to say, um, my friend's son is a, is taking trumpet lessons. And, you know, they're very good at encouraging him to practice. And he has a great way of, like, having him practice. And they ask him to film him. And then they send it through, like, the WhatsApp so the, 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 the teacher can hear what he's doing and say, hey, that's a great job. That's this. That's awesome. And there, there are times that, like, they're doing the practicing but they're also just playing like he's just mm-hmm. playing with him he's letting it play yeah. he's like pick a piece of music and just play with it and whatever and I, I you know i at first i was like i was concerned that you know he was going to a teacher that wasn't was, was too ingrained in the teaching and then when we were talking more about it um and i was talking to their son about it i'm like that's awesome that's great mm-hmm. I said, ask him if they yeah. read the, if he's read the book, the music lesson, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it had that very, that had that approach, yep. you know, and, and this, this, this teacher, you know, plays in jazz groups and stuff like that. So he's, he's an active musician, but, um, it was very cool to hear that aspect of it. And he's more into it because of that than not. Mm-hmm. And that's the other cool aspect to it is that he wants to play. Right. You know, he kind of chose. I asked him the other day, like, why did he choose the trumpet? And it was just because of the way the school was. They were like filling spots and it was like one of the few spots that were still open to be a trumpet mm-hmm. player. So he chose it. But now he's enjoying it because of how his teacher, and I'm going to use this word, showed him versus teaching him. And I think that's very mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I think another thing that when you think about showing versus teaching, I think showing provides them with an experience as opposed to teaching them, which is just, I mean, it's an experience, but it's a different kind of experience, you know? Yes. And I think that goes also back to the day, like uh, Charlie Parker, right? Never had a teacher. Mm -hmm. Right. Stood outside the buildings, listened to people playing. And that's how Mm -hmm. he learned how to play. He figured it out. He was not... He was shown it, even though they weren't physically in front of him. 
but that's mm-hmm. how he learned to play. And now his yeah. mind is not connected to the whole, this is how I have to do things. His mind is connected to the fact that I could just play, mm-hmm. you know, and I can just let it be and just, I can have fun with it. And I think sometimes, and he says, I mean, they talk about that. Like, we just need to let the kids play sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like wrong notes are wrong notes. Who freaking cares? Just play them. Right. Like yep. just have fun and play. Like, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that, that teaches your ear to, to get better. Right. You know, it's like, and I think from another, another bizarre comparison, like, um, think about like, like when they always saw like the greatest show on earth, the circus, which we don't have anymore. Right. We don't have circuses anymore, but you know, the greatest show on earth, like that's an experience. Right. You know, and I think that's, that's the correlation between, for me anyway, showing and versus, you know, you can get learned about animals in a book or you can go like to a show about right them, or know? go to a zoo and, and see them. Right. Yeah. Right, so absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's different when you can walk up to a tank a fish mm-hmm. in an aquarium right then seeing the screensaver that apple the, the apple tv has yeah. and as cool as that screensaver is it's not the same right. experience than actually mm-hmm. going there and actually seeing them in person yeah absolutely no i totally agree yep. with that on the next page it says uh she says in your mind music is not a part of who you are it is something you have to go to somewhere else to do whether it is the woodshed or the nightclub, you feel that you must go to that place to find me. You do not carry me inside you all the times the way you once did. Actually, there are few who do anymore. The lack of unison is causing me to die. And I've, you know, it's funny. I've always said that through, I say trials and tribulations, but through everything that I've gone through in my life, the ups and downs and ins and outs, the only constant that I've ever had in my life was music. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I've spoken about this, um, not on here, but to somebody else. And there were t- there was a time, and I still feel this way that I've, it, it's it goes to this like I feel like I've broken up with music, mm-hmm. and I feel like I am trying to rebuild that relationship with music. And right now I'm not performing. I don't really have a place to practice. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's hard for me to do that stuff. Um, But, you know, reading this chapter is kind of like, oh, man, this is like, this is it. Like, I feel this way. You know, Mm -hmm. I've lost this relationship because it was always there. No matter what I went through, I could turn to music and it was there. It was my emotional support. It was the the constant to help me... stay afloat it was whatever you want to call it it was there and i feel like it was there more for me than i was for it right you know mm-hmm. and and then and i and you read that paragraph i'm like oh i'm a part of the problem <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm, for sure yeah me too me too um i mean this whole page is just a whole bunch of it like she talks about the music talks about being a child and just, mm-hmm. you didn't think about it. You didn't care. Right. And then she goes on, regain your knowing of me. And we talk about, like it says, books and teachers can be assistants, but um, never let them take the place of your natural gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then she says, uh, she asked Victor to, to give five words that describe describe music. And he responds with love, emotion, beauty, expression, harmony, communication, spiritual, natural, vibrations, and God. 
and uh, music responds with um, notice that you didn't notice say things like key signatures and chords and rhythm and all these things you were using different words uh, not necessarily musical words you know and she says you have spent years learning how to play the bass so long that you have forgotten that it is music you should be playing the bass is just a tool to help you express yourself through me when the <clears throat> why then after all these years do you continue to focus on the tool you have forgotten i patiently await for your return and then she says this is this is a good one I, I like this this quote a lot if you wanted to know more about your mother would you get a book and read about her would you find a teacher to teach you about her a book might help you find your mother but once you find her, would you worship the book? Would you even need the book anymore? Or would you go directly to your mother and talk to her, listen to her, experience her, and unite with her? You and I both know the answer. And that made me think, like, I've read this book so many times. Am I focusing too much on the book? Probably. But I still get so much out of the book because I don't feel that I've, you know, gotten enough out of it yet. And you probably don't feel you're at the point where you can say to the book, Okay, I got it. Right. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, is think about how impactful the book is that we give it to people. Yep. And we know that for us. I mean, all right, look at it this way. And I'm not trying to say this is better than the Bible or equivalent. I'm just mm -hmm. saying. So think of the Bible for a second, right? In your religion. Okay, so actually, let's just talk about all holy books. Forget about the Bible. There's all, all holy books out there. You have a religion. And you're given the holy book. And the holy book is read this and use this to guide yourself through your life. Right? At what point do you let go of that book? Right. I mean, it's different for every person, I think. but Because interpretation is different for everything. Exactly. All right? I can read a part in that holy book and you can read a part in the holy book and we can interpret it completely different. Are you wrong? No. no. Am I wrong? No. It's just the way... Probably. <laughs> of course I'm wrong, but <laughs> it's just it's all about me. It's, I'm all, always it's, right. it's, it's just the fact that it speaks to you in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that's what it, you and I in some ways are very similar. So when we read through this book, we get the same response in our mm -hmm. minds and our heart from reading this book. But in a general thing, it's just, at what point do you put down that holy book? And I don't think you ever do. I think someone right. of that's so into their faith, that book is by them. Because in times of need, mm -hmm. they're going to go to it. And it's going right. to be that comfort for them because they're going to read through it. And there's going to be a verse in there that says, you got this. Mm -hmm. You know, like that type of thing. And I and I and so I think that's kind of what music says is that you're going to have those there. But just don't forget that there is your natural ability right. i do think it's very interesting how you know they she talks more about how um they're making a business out of her mm. and i agree with that it's mm -hmm. it's become such a big business yeah i think that's the uniqueness in social media we have mm -hmm. this thing with social media where we're kind of like oh my gosh social media but at the same time i think a lot of musicians that we are starting to hear we would have not have heard if it wasn't for social media yep you know hannah yep, wicklin is a big is a is a mm -hmm. big one right there a lot of her stuff started with social media 
Yep. You know, and she now has her own production company, which means she probably made enough money or got spot, whatever the case may be, whatever the reasons mm-hmm. or however, through social media that she was able to produce her own stuff and do it her way. And that's the, really the way to do it is like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like stick it to the, to the man and be like, listen, if I do this this way and I have the money to do it this way, I can actually produce my own stuff and I can ha- have control over it my way. And, and that's what Victor's been doing. He's been re- redoing his stuff with his own stuff, his own production company. You know, re-releasing all of his albums. Right. So. Control, creative control so it's music and not just about the music. I mean, the, right. the money of the music, I should say. Yep. Where do we go for here? <laughs> well, Victor says um, a little bit further on, I realize once again that music is real, alive, and approachable. And we've talked about that, you know, throughout this whole book. I could talk with her, sit with her, embrace her, laugh, and cry with her. I also knew that I didn't have to try to create her anymore. She already exists. I all, all I have to do is come to this place and music will be waiting, complete, whole, and alive. And <clears throat> that's one of the things that he mentioned in his, in his commencement speech a little bit. Um, he geared it more towards um, creative solutions, but, you know, he said that, you know, when you're, when you're at your creative best, what you should do is you should take a note of what it feels like and try to create that feeling. And if you can arrive back to that feeling, you can then be more creative because you have that feeling. And I think that what he's saying here is that when you when you truly feel musical, embrace that feeling and acknowledge it and realize what it feels like and try to regenerate that feeling so that you can come back to that spot. It's kind of like having like a sign in the woods or something or right. little breadcrumbs to lead you right. back to where you need to be. Exactly. I agree with you on that. Definitely. It's, it's that, yeah, it's, yeah, because that's really what we have is feeling when it comes to that. And that's where she mentions to thank your bass guitar. Right. And then this is what I mentioned kind of a little bit last week. Uh, music says, remember, play me all you want, but you must know this. It is only when you allow me to play you that you will know me completely because then we will be one and the same. And that's kind of what I was talking about last week when I mentioned, you know, my choir director said, we're kind of like, the, the pipe of an organ and music is kind of the wind that goes through it or the, the organist, you know, that, that sort of thing. Like, like we are a tool for music. We are the instrument essentially. And then we have another instrument that kind of relates that or translates it to us humans. Um, just kind of an interesting way to think of it. I still, I still have a hard time replicating it, um, you know, consistently. And I do a good job most of the time, but there are times where I just, just suck at it. Well, but it's just it's it. There's so many other things going on, right? I mean, it's, so when we were talking prior to, to to recording, you were talking about the whole Jeep situation and how mm-hmm. you accidentally left it to the point where it hit the top of the garage. And my yep. response to you is that you're probably so tired and burnt out because of how work has mm-hmm. been that that's why right. you forgot. Yep. You know, it's it's not like it's not like you intentionally said, "Oh, I'm going to leave this up and I'll worry about it next." You probably just forgot you did that and didn't think mm-hmm. about it because you've just been so burnt out. And I think that that's yep. another thing is that we as a society it's a 40-hour a week thing. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's more than that because of the job you're in and the role you're in. And and yep. that goes for mothers and stay-at-home parents, the two. You get mm-hmm. burnt out, and then when you go to do something, you do become forgetful, or you do do something where, why did I do this? I don't remember doing this. Did I, oh no, this ha-, you know like, 
and it, it, and that's what happens is we don't take that time to breathe mm-hmm. and label our thoughts and release them right. mm-hmm. because we're not taught to do that or we're not yep. shown to do that. Yeah. Um, after that, she says only through the power of listening can you truly know anything. And we've said that many times mm-hmm. through the book. Yep. And then, um, and then she turns into Yoda. And she turns into Yoda. <laughs> yes. Yep. She says there are no shoulds or shouldn'ts. There are only choices. What you do next, what you choose to do next, is up to you. No one can tell you what that is. You have been shown all you need to know. Slightly better than Yoda <laughs> in terms of the order of the words, but but at that moment he recognized the voice, and the voice was Michael's voice. Mm-hmm who was standing in front of him and he said out loud and confused, I must be dreaming. Mm-hmm. And they go on and they have a little bit of a conversation. It's basically him kind of gathering his thoughts because he mm-hmm. did not expect to kind of open his eyes up and see Michael again in the same spot that he was in. Yep. And then um, I have at the bottom of page 258 highlighted, he goes, you have been shown all you need to know. And it's just, it's it's such a simple sentence. Mm-hmm. But you're just like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. I need to bring this all together now. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. You know, it's just. And then he fights with himself because while he's trying to bring it all together, He's trying so hard to bring it together that it's making it impossible for him to bring together. And I know I'm jumping kind of to the end of the chapter, no. but I don't have much else le- the, you know, left. But the very end, he hears Michael's voice that says, try easy, my friend, try easy. And it's so true. We try so mm-hmm. hard. There is something that he does state before that. And... There was something that and I, I wanted to, he goes, I shook my head again. This is after him doing anything. And he said, I accidentally plucked a string on my bass guitar. Mm-hmm. With the bass line in my lap, the sound reverberated through my body, triggering a familiar feeling. I was starting to regain composure. And I thought that was interesting because it was just one pluck and mm-hmm. a vibration. And it's like the vibration basically like shook him back into place right. in that moment. And then, yeah, that that ending is, and that that almost that almost reminds me of, you know, earlier in the book where they were talking where they had the the, the car accident, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they were they were singing to the to the the man that got, that was hit, and it's almost like it was the the right vibration at the right time. Right. I think about like, you know, it, it's a weird comparison, but the way you tune a timpani. You know, you, you, you blow the pitch and you hum. And if you hum close enough to the drum as you're tuning it, once you get the right pitch, the, the timpani vibrates. So you use sympathetic vibration to tune the timpani, right. which is, and I think it's, it's like, it's almost like when he plucked that, that string, the sympathetic vibration was the right vibration to get him in the right, where he needed to be. Right. But it's all vibration. Right. That's yeah. all it is. Mm-hmm. You know, like we listen to certain singers or certain instrumentalists at certain points because of the vibration of the music. 
mm-hmm. you've been stuck on Corey Wong and the what was it the power station? Um, yeah, power station tour live. Right. There's a reason why you're sitting on that. It's not just because it's mm-hmm. very good. It's it's hitting you in the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. like, and that's why I stick with, with with albums for so long. Like this is so Mike Ferris was there for a while for you know, and then like before that it was that a Punch Brothers album. I was on that album for like six weeks. Yeah. Oh, I listened to so. Celebrants too. That was the other one I listened to. Oh, good. I did. I did listen to that for a little bit. I stopped it halfway through, not because I wasn't liking it. The weather got really mm-hmm. nice, so I put the windows down and I put some Corey Wong on because gotcha. it was a little bit stronger. But mm-hmm. there, like Nickel Creek, we've spoken about this in in um, our live shows, and we've spoken about this in our past episodes. It's like listening to a group of friends play. Mm-hmm. Like you feel familiar, yep. and and putting that putting on any one of their albums, you're sitting there going, okay. This is good. Like, I feel like I'm sitting mm-hmm. down and having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or even a drink and just listening to my friends play around a campfire mm-hmm. or just sitting in the, like, that's what they feel like to me. Yep. You know? You know, of course I'm sitting next to Sarah Watkins, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Corey Wong's really growing on me and I found, I, I sent it to you last night. I don't know if you have a chance to I see didn't. it. I didn't. I was going to look at it later. Um, so I sent you two different videos. One of them is that group Truesdale. Yes, I need to listen um, to them again. Th- their harmonies are just—I'll I'll put both links in the in the show notes to, this week. Um, but they did a live NPR thing that their harmonies, like it's 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 the, the, the whole thing starts like she plays like a note, and then all of a sudden like this like chord like emerges out of this one note. It's like where did that come <laughs> from? And it's all their voices. It's just. It's so good, and then um, then there's a video of Corey Wong um, playing little instruments. Like every single instrument they play is a tiny instrument. So like she ha- he has Sierra Hull on there playing a mandolin. He's playing one of those little travel guitars. They have a, sopr- a sopranino saxophone. That's great. A piccolo, a melodica instead of a keyboard. You know, and they they actually called Fender and got them to send them the smallest bass they make, and they were playing <laughs> the tiny little bass. Uh, it, it's just and just the way it sounds is just so cool you know yeah yeah so that's awesome Uh, i'll put both those links uh in there so you guys can check that out yeah they did um um, we did so this episode comes out so like two sundays back when this after this episode this this episode comes out we did a a live show of cover music and Mm -hmm. what song did the that group of uh trio that female trio uh wouldn't it be nice wouldn't it be nice by the beach boys and we both were we're both Beach Boys fans. We mm-hmm. we both know Pet Sounds is a fantastic album, yep. and we were concerned because you know you got a you got a trio and it's it's hard to to really mm-hmm. do a good cover of their music and yep. they blew it out of the water. Yeah, they really they did. really did. Like it, they yep. had they had such like it felt like Pet Sounds, mm-hmm. like the out the song from the album. But at the same time, there was another like magic to it because of their harmonies mm-hmm. it really yeah. was and and you know the beach boys they sang so well together their harmonies mm-hmm. were so good their voices were good yeah. this was just like hey we can do this with mm-hmm. three voices and they're just like yep. <laughs> and they did it yeah yep. yeah that, i can't remember the name of the song they covered in this npr one it's not one that's familiar to me but it was it was so good yeah just so good yeah that's awesome so that's very cool yep so we've got one chapter left. Yes. Uh, it'll come out next week. 
Um, this is a, a one of our shorter episodes, actually. I think I the think next, next one's going to be a short one too. <laughs> a short one too. Um, so uh, thank you guys for tuning in this week. Yes, we are. Um, of course, we do this every Tuesday, and then um, we'll um, we'll be on the on the Twitters, on the YouTubes. Our YouTube version of this comes out on Mondays, and then we're of course streaming on Twitch. Our streams are on Friday and Sunday, except the sun, the Friday that, that you've missed, I was streaming on Kick instead, just oh, to see what it's just like. Just see how it went. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'll let you know. Um, but uh, you missed Mike Farris. That's who we're doing tomorrow night, well, the Friday that you missed. So, so yeah, make sure that you're following us on the podcast here. Give us a follow. Make sure you give us a five-star rating and all that good stuff and... Follow us on our socials. Make sure you join the Discord too. Yes, and follow us on Twitch so you know when we're going live. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to add the kick um, link in the description, just in case I decide to go live there at other times. I don't okay. know what's going to happen with kick. So that's awesome. I'll add that. And uh, anything else I missed? No, I mean you got I'm sure the, it's all covered in the in the closing. closing anyway, and so. and we have the link tree link in the show notes, so that mm-hmm. will bring them to everything as well, so they can see what's available. Yep. I think. Do we still have the cover list? available did we get rid of that cover playlist no the playlist is still there oh maybe i'll create a link to that too because we have the link sure. to the first season of all that music yep but the mm-hmm. covers was fun maybe i'll uh I'll, yeah. I'll throw the link up there and i think we're gonna do another cover live cover yep. show mm-hmm. i think that was a lot of fun yeah and if you missed the cover show what happened was um we did we, we put a, a google form out for folks to recommend cover songs for us and we played the um the, the the cover and then we played the original and we all kind of voted on which one we liked better and surprisingly the covers went out more often than not yeah yeah the surprisingly they did i mean yeah. you had some originals that you couldn't say no to but yes mm-hmm. that's very true yep yeah, that's awesome all right so with that we'll see you guys next week we'll you, yeah and we'll finish up the music lesson and then we'll yeah. thank you for listening started on every the week next one so yeah. yeah thank you guys so much have a good one everyone see ya Thank you for listening to the Turn On The Music podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Click on the link tree in our show notes to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our Twitch and YouTube channel. If you would like to continue the conversation, join us on our Discord. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you really want to help us promote the show, head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast service of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Remember, always share the music. Thank you.